everyone, and welcome to the Life Redesigned Podcast, where we talk about how you grow through what you go through. Life will always bring you challenges, and I am determined to not allow your past to set your future, but rather your life this far to shape who you are as a strong, confident woman. Allow yourself and your life to be redesigned and be all that you've always dreamed of. You deserve it. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Amy with Life Redesigned, where we grow through what we go through. And today we are talking about solutions. Ooh, we, this is one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people. So I want to welcome my dear friend, Paula. Paula, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone out there. Super excited for you guys to hear from Paula. Um, I'll let her share her story, but she's one of the best um, that I've ever spoken to regarding solutions, finding solutions, creating solutions, and just getting done what needs to get done. So I'm super excited for her to share a little bit of her business story today and for us to really uh, dive in. So let's do it. Um, Paula, would you mind just starting by sharing a little bit of who you are, a little bit of your business story, and we'll go from there. Awesome. So uh, I'm Dr. Paula Bruski, and I am in Appleton, Wisconsin. I did my PhD at the University of Sydney, Australia. And at that time, I was a musician, and I researched how to keep musicians healthy in their careers. And when I was in Australia and researching that, someone told me, hey, you should take a pole class. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And this was back in 2007 when pole was very new and I took, I like, I went just being like, whatever, they're telling me this will like build up her body strength, but like, whatever, it's my birthday. I'm just going to go have fun. And I went to my first pole class and I fell in love at first spin. That was at a studio called Studio Verve in Sydney. And it was just like, I felt like a little kid again. Yeah. And I absolutely fell in love with the sport and started taking classes. And sure enough, Six months in, I was a size smaller and I could lift my body weight for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I was working out. I thought I was just playing. Yeah. And I became addicted to pole. So when I moved back to the US after getting my PhD, there was no pole in Northeast Wisconsin. Uh, It's a very conservative area. Pole has very negative connotations here. At least it did in 2010. Mm And a local gym had built a pole studio, but had no one to teach it. And I actually found out about it from a guy that I went on a date with from match.com. And he was like, yeah, like, like how random is this? And he was just like, like, would you ever consider teaching pole? And I was like, yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, But like, I I don't, I don't have a studio here. He's like, well, funny story. My friend actually does. Um, So I was really lucky because when I started Aerial Dance, my pole exercise company, I didn't have the initial outlay when I first started because the space was already built. Yes. Um, So I started teaching and then, you know, within two months, there were way more women than I could teach. And I hired my first employee, which is pretty much the most terrifying thing you can do as a business owner. (laughs) Um, And then it just gets more scary from there. And that's, that's the reality. And we, you know, grew very quickly in the first year. We ended up moving out of the gym and 
I built my own space. And that was in 2010. Then in 2014, we expanded to have an aerial program. In 2018, I opened a second location. In 2019, I decided that the softwares available for studios wasn't doing what I needed. And I had gone through a couple of different softwares and none of them were what I wanted. I was yeah. like, I was doing so much work to make the software function for yeah. my business model. And I was like, this is dumb. So I started building my own software. And then we, uh, you know, dealt with COVID, mm -hmm. um, which is super fun. And so now I own two aerial dance studios, one in Appleton and one in Green Bay. And then I own my software company, Pole Studio Manager, with um, a lovely couple in California that are my co-business owners for that venture. And, you know, now I'm looking at where do I go from here? Yeah. So that's my yeah. business name from. I love your story because I mean, our stories are so similar. I mean, although I don't have a PhD and I wasn't in Australia when I started pull, but we started roughly like same time ish. And I think what people don't understand is it really is true to say that poll back then was like free. I mean, like we had trouble getting leases, you know, leases. Cause people were like, are you this? Are you that? And we're like, no, like we're an actual business. And, you know, I think I, I would love to hear your side of this because I know for me also being in a conservative city and, you know, having the growth that you had also, mm -hmm. I find, and tell me, tell me your side of this too, but do you find that it's harder or, or different for people to take you seriously because they think like, oh, well, you just, you just own a pole studio. Oh, you just must have a fun job. You just own a pole studio. It is so unbelievably vexing to me yeah. because like I was in a CEO round table and I was the only female in the round table and all of these men would just be like oh and you you're in little company and I'm like my little company makes more than some of yours yes yes I, I employ more people than yours do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but oh you know it's just foofy Mm -hmm. And like, no joke, we still like have issues trying to do things in this area. Yeah. So we, um, like getting a, getting our first space, most landlords wouldn't rent to us. Yep. And then in 2018, I did not, it did not even occur to me that that would still be a problem when we moved up to Green Bay. And I had the exact same issue. Multiple landlords wouldn't even consider renting to us. And this is in 2018. Yeah. Not to mention bank loans. Yes. Like, let's, I mean, I'm very, very lucky because I started my business using a Capital One 0% APR credit card with 18 months to pay it off because that's the only way I could get capital. Yeah. And I've had to do that multiple times in my business. Thank God I have good credit and I'm good with money yeah. because I could never have gotten a bank loan. Every bank I tried, even in 2018, when I was bringing on investors, and I have a proven track record of eight years of a financially solvent, stable, lucrative business. Banks would not even consider funding my second location. Yeah, that's insane. And you just think like, why? Yeah. I mean, because I'm a woman. Yeah. Is it because what I do is only for women? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it because of the poll thing? Mm -hmm. It's very, very frustrating because I constantly feel like I have to do it better than everyone else to mm -hmm. have 
any respect. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of like fight or flight within that, that it, that's like, we always have to have our light switch on or, you know, where, where other people that own a small business, male or female, well, like, okay, these are the steps in my decision-making. I do feel like ours has a few extra steps because of what we do. I know in one of my studios, we had the chamber of commerce because I was members of chamber of commerce and we had that, I had them walk in like, well, we just really want to make sure. And kind of like, you know, we want to make sure. And I was like, I pay my rent. Are you walking next door to the gym that just opened? Because, you know, they had to leave because they didn't pay their lease and their rent. And, you know, but yeah, I had, I had three men walk into my space and they were like, we just need to make sure this is legit in order for me to be a member of the chamber of commerce. I mean, just insane, the stuff that we have have to face, you know? And it's kind of to the point, I don't know if this is just me being angry and bitter after all these years for doing that. I'm not interested in defending my business anymore. Like I left the chamber of commerce like two or three years ago. Cause I'm like, every time I went to those events and I would be like, oh, I own Ariel. They'd be like, yeah. oh, you teach strippers. And I'm like, yep. why you gotta say that? Yeah. First of all, why are you being disrespectful to women that have a job? Yeah. And then why you got to say that? Yeah. And I also found it was like, I wanted my leaders in my company to get noticed for the leadership and the amount of work that they were doing. No different than a business, another small business. And what I found too within that, uh, because I also made the decisions to leave. Um, is I just found that I, I was never taken seriously for my nominations. And I, it was like, okay, I just, you you just get tired of that. And like you said, you know what? I know my, my track record is proven. It's here. It's been here. My leaders are proven longer than these businesses that are getting recognized. I do more in sales than any of (laughs) these small business owners that are getting recognized. And you just, you, you, you look for that support, but I think it's definitely harder to find with what we do. And it it comes to the point of where I stopped looking for it externally. And now we just honor each other internally because as a niche fitness area, there is still so much stigma. Yeah. And it's very disheartening to me to mm-hmm. constantly be defending my successful companies. Yeah. So I just don't. I'm like, you don't, you don't need me there because you don't respect what my company is. And we help people. Exactly. Like I would, like the same, the chamber of commerce, like awards and stuff. I would read like the businesses they picked and I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's your future 15 leaders. Really? Yeah. 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 And I think that you are, you know, you're like our studio in, in the sense that you're a niche within the niche because a pool, pool fitness is already that, but, but we're one, you know, we're one of the same that we're like a niche within the niche because of the way that we build our businesses and empower everybody. Not that other pool studios do not do that, but I think it's really special you know, definitely how you do that with your businesses. And one thing that I always love to talk to you about is how, I don't know, I just feel like you're a solution finder. Like you said, you're not here to, you know, to defend or it's just like, you don't have, you don't have the time. So one thing I always love is how you just identify gaps. And it's like, you have that vision to be able to go, okay, this is what's going on. The solution is this, this is where I see a gap. The solution is this. And you know, for those of you that are listening, we switched over our system to Paula's system. And it was like, I, I, I just, I actually just texted my managers yesterday and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like when this new thing comes out in the system, we're not going to have anything to do. This was the best move I have ever made <laughs> in 10 years being open. So I don't know, maybe just share with us a little bit more on like what you feel like sets you apart because you do have that vision as, you know, kind of like finding creative solutions or finding gaps in the market. Like what's, what's your thoughts on that? I think a lot of people have great ideas, but I think most people don't believe they can execute their ideas. And so their ideas just stay in their heads. And I'm very blessed, I guess, because my mom is my muse and I'll tell her my great idea. And then we're like, cool, how do we do it? Um, and I think for me, it's like when I was getting ready to start Pole Studio Manager, I, nothing was working for my business and I was wasting so much time and so much money paying my managers to like send out emails that I'm like, how does software not do this? Or, you know, simple things that go, how is this not just happening? And it made me realize that every single thing that is around us, whether it's this computer or Zoom or whatever, was an idea someone had. And they just had to execute it. And what stops people is fear, fear of failure and, you know, not having resources. And so I always just took the, the approach of I'll figure it out. It may not look the way I thought it was going to look when it's done, but I'll figure it out. And so for my software company, when I knew I needed a better option, I started calling every software company that existed. I did trials for every software company that existed at that time. And I found a really good base software in California called Dance Studio Manager, but it didn't have the features that I needed. And so I called them and talked to the owners and said, let's do a derivative work specifically for the poll community. So the base software is already there. I don't have to worry about if it accepts credit cards and how it schedules. But what I can do is make it very specialized to do all of these other time-saving features and reach a different market. And more importantly, like for totally selfish reasons, all of my businesses started for selfish reasons. Yeah. My yeah. studio started because I missed poll and yeah. I wanted to do poll. Yeah. Like my software company started because I needed a solution. And I was like, look, if no other studio ever uses this, but it saves me time, yeah. it's worth the thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. And I think that you have to, when you're, you're thinking of an idea, you have to believe in it so strongly mm -hmm. that you're going to stay the course. And that's the other thing. It's like, it's really easy if it's just an idea and it doesn't change or improve your life. It's really easy to like stray from it. The second things get hard yeah. and things always get hard yeah. when you are starting anything, but especially as an entrepreneur, you yeah. have to be like, no, there's a reason I am doing this yeah. and I can see the end result. Yeah. Yeah. And to be very clear, the end result, like if you had told me when I opened Aerial Dance back in 2010, that I would have 23 employees, two of which are full-time, and I would be able to work remotely, I would have said, you're high, there's no way. Mm -hmm. Like the dream grows as your business grows and you have to get out of its way to let it grow. Yeah. Yeah. So I love what you just said there is that you have to get out of the way in order to let it go. And I was, just, I was just talking, I just did a, um, a quick thing last week about delegation and how delegation as a business owner is so important and how you can't be afraid of it. 
And really, you know, I think that's just a lot of um, like your story of like, as you grew, you made decisions along the way. And I think that you are, you're just a fearless woman. And I love that. You're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to pivot. You're not afraid to, to move or change or adjust, you know, you just have that in you. And I think that is what something that just really sets you apart from, like you said, like where you are and the decisions that you made is that you took steps. Like sometimes I think as women, we are just so afraid to take a step that we don't take any where people, you know, like you as a business owner, you're like, well, I'm taking a step and I don't know, like if it doesn't go well, I'll figure it out then. And I'll, I'll take another step to the right or to the left, you know? My, when I was a little girl, I went to this conservation camp and they were like, the law of nature is move, adapt or die. Uh, The three uh, things that are your options. That's so good. Move, adapt or die. So every time I was like, well, I really don't want to die. So I got to move or adapt. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of circumstances, I think we get in our way as perfectionists mm-hmm. where like, we don't want to release something. And this was really true with the software. I was like, oh, it's not ready for other businesses. Oh, it's not ready for other businesses. And then finally I got to the point of where like, until another business uses it and finds things and uses it in a way that I don't use it, mm-hmm. we're not going to find those kinks. Yeah. And so, you know, for our early adapters, we gave them a lower price than we will be priced because we knew they were going to have kinks. Yeah. But every time we bring on a studio now, there are less and less kinks. And I think it's really important to remember that like, you can't, you're not a sniper in life. (laughs) where You are going to be able to tell what the wind is and you are going to know every detail before you take the shot. You really have to take the shot and then aim it as you go. Yeah. Because the world is going to change and the circumstances are going to change. But if you don't take the shot, you're not moving. Yeah. I love, I love that. Expl- I love that explanation. And, you know, people ask me a lot and I'm sure you get asked this a lot too, of what was your business plan and what was your, this, when you started? And it's like, yeah, I mean, like when no I, one has people, a business plan, those are not people, real. Yes. It's like, people ask me that. And I'm like, um, I had like the sticky note that said, you could, you can do it. I'm like, that was my business plan. Like you can do it. I love pole ready. Let's like, here we go. <laughs> that is so true. Every time people are like, so do you have a business plan? And you're just like, no, what? my business plan is I'm going to make a business and it's going to be successful. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And it's because like, you do it as you go, like you, it be, and I think we all, I think we also learned that in COVID where it's like, we were already aiming as best as we could and pivoting and changing. And then COVID hit. And then it was like, okay, now we're just like shooting and we have zero idea where things are going to land. We have no idea what the world is going to be like tomorrow. And then it was just extra of all of that, you know? And the world has changed since COVID. So even yeah. now, the things that I was doing pre-COVID aren't successful in the post-COVID world. Right. So no matter how great my plan was, it's not. Yeah. I remember when we, I was, so my Green Bay location, my second location, I needed capital. So I brought on five co-owners who were my instructors. So they had the chance to buy into the company, which shores up my instruction base, which is kind yeah. of important. Yeah. Um, and it also gives them the opportunity to grow and influence. And it was a really great option. But I remember we were at one of the like meetings and one of the husbands was like, I need to see better projections about this. And I was like, cool, let me get out my crystal ball. 
But <laughs> anytime you are having any, like any projection, any plan, guys, it is just a story. It's not set in stone. It's not real. It's not going to be specific. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you the best laid plan, you are going to have to adapt a million ways before you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And I always laugh at that. Like my partner works for a really big fortune 200 company. And he's like, they always are talking about what our growth percentages are going to be. And he's like, it's just, it's racket. Yeah. All of those numbers that we keep talking about in relation to, you know, future forecasting, they're great. Do the exercise if it makes you feel good, but it's not real. Yeah. What's real is the decision you are making today. What's yeah. real is what's happening right now. Yeah. And that's where you have to adapt. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like I'm hearing you also say like, take action. hundred percent. Yeah. I read a book. Um, I, I read a lot. I'm a voracious reader. And I read a book called Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. Okay. And this book was about a successful woman who then had a kid and how she needed to rework her relationship with her husband, basically, um, because she was doing everything and he wasn't because she was micromanaging so badly that he didn't. Mm. And when I read this book, it really changed how I look at my employees mm-hmm. and how I manage mm. because I can set the vision. Like the goal is to do uh, get all our show videos out. Now, if I instead say, I need to see every video out of the 30 that you're doing, and I'm going to micromanage what opening scene you used. And, oh, I don't like that music um, for the opening. If I'm going to micromanage every decision she makes, I might as well just do it myself. Exactly. But if I have a main goal, which is get the videos done, and she does, I have no grounds to say anything else. Yep. If I don't like what's done, I then need to give her better directions in the future. Mm -hmm. But every time I work with my employees, I give them a framework and then I step back and say, run with it. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the movement. If you try to micromanage, you can't move forward. Yeah. If you instead set a framework and get the right people and trust them and train them and believe in them, they will run with it. Yeah. I mean, my graphic designer does things I could never have thought of. Yeah. Um, And my company's better because I just said, I need an ad that's going to state these things, make it happen rather than, well, I think it should look like this. And can you move this here? Mm -hmm. Um, So I really feel that in addition to movement, you can't micromanage, which is part of getting out of the way. Yeah. I think that we, we like things done our way. Right. But the truth is, is there are a million ways to solve a problem. Yes. So you yes. have to just say, is the end result what I wanted? Yes. If it is, how they got there doesn't really matter. So I'd love to know a little bit more about the process of how you got you got to that, which is what you just explained. You know, do you feel like going through creating solutions and finding solutions for your business, for your personal life? I mean, do you feel like it was a lot of trial and error? Do you feel like, you you know, 10 years ago where you're like, and I know how to manage and you ran with that and that was good. Like what, what was like, what did that process look like for you? You know? 
I think a big part of it is knowing that you don't know and that you're going to figure it out as you go yeah. and accepting that you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And like, I mean, just the other day, one of my staff was like, oh, I don't want to enter that in the computer because I did that once. And then you said this and it hurt my feelings. And I'm like, oh my God, I just scarred an employee four years ago with an offhanded comment that I didn't even mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, ah, oh. and you like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. And I was like, oh my God, but it's not. Cause like, you're still <laughs> scarred from something yeah. stupid I said. Yeah. Um you're not going to not, you're going to be, you're going to be flawed. You're human. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. There are days that you are a better leader and you have to accept that. Mm-hmm. And you have to listen to the feedback your people give you. Yeah. And I think that that's super important. Like for me as a leader, I check in often with my staff. Um, like, do you have enough direction to run with this project? Yeah. Do you have questions? Are we clear what the end goal is? Yes. And then you if you're anything from me. Exactly. All the time, every week at my manager meeting, I'm like, cool, what do you need from me this week? Yes. Yes. Um, and you have to be open to that feedback. And I'll be honest, that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. I like to be a perfectionist and I like to think that I'm doing things right. Mm-hmm. And so one of one of my managers is like, um, you didn't explain that well. You're like, Um, and I also think you have to take the blame all the time. Mm. Something isn't done the way you want. Yeah. So if I ask someone to do something, um, like I, this happens with my programmers a lot in Pulse Studio Manager, where I will be like, I want you to create this feature and they'll come back and I'm like, Oh, except I also needed to do A, B, and C, and I kind of needed it to look like. I have so done that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you you have to realize that you're giving your people the framework, mm-hmm. and so if it doesn't come out the way you want, it's on you. Yes. Yep. And you then have to pivot to adapt it, fix it, give them a new framework. Yeah. But when it's successful. You have to give credit to the people who looked at what you initially said and figured out the path. Absolutely. It's very hard because you never get the credit and you always get the blame. That is called owning a business. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. We talk, and you and I talk about that all the time, how it's just like, oh, got wrenching day today because of ABCD, EFG, like all the things, you know, it's, it's just so much. But you as a leader, you have to remember that, mm-hmm. that like, if one of your staff doesn't execute the way you want, it's on you. Cause you didn't give them clear enough directions. Yeah. That's and, one of the first, oh yeah, go ahead. And when they execute well, it's on them because they figured out the path that you didn't blaze for them. Yes. You just told them you need to get up that mountain and go figure it out. Yes. Yes. And you know, one of the things I, I was just talking about this with uh, one of my staff members too. One of the things that I always do is if you know, if I do a che- if I do check-ins with my staff, like just staff drop-ins of like, how are they doing? How are they teaching? Or are they following what it is that I need them to follow? If I stop in and I check on them and they're not doing what it is that I need them to do or what I expect of them, my very first thing is to then turn inward, yep. go to their trainer. Okay. Hey trainer, when you trained this person, did you do A, B, and C? 
Okay. Okay. No, I didn't. Okay. Did I tell you to do A, B, and C, or did we miss, did we miss that in our training program? So it's always like, okay, first let's look at, let's look here. And then, yes. And then let's go outward to kind of see where things were missed. I completely resonate with that. Totally. I think it's also like the situation I told you where like the, my, my girl's like, I don't want to enter a membership because that one time you told me I did it wrong. And in a not horribly nice way. And I like, when I wrote her and I was just like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, something I am working on in myself is that if I feel like I failed, it's very triggering for me and I don't react well. And so in a circumstance like that, where then she didn't execute properly, uh, my first reaction is Paula, you screwed up, you idiot. And it comes out not in a healthy way. So I'm also working on giving myself a little loving guidance and grace being like, that's the first time you tried to do that. So maybe you didn't train them as well as you should have. And now you learned. Um, so instead of being upset that it didn't go well the first time, how can I make it better the next time? Yeah. I love that. So you've had a ton of successes along the way trial, error, failure, successes. What, what have you, what does your celebration look like for that? Do you, I know you're being a perfectionist. Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. for people like us that are perfectionists to be like, okay, and I'm in the moment and I'm celebrating and I'm telling myself, good job. We tend to, we tend to do something that's like, we're already like thinking two years from now and people are like, great job on this. And we're like, on what, wait, what, what happened? Where, where? you know, we're already so far ahead of it, but I'm curious to know, I know that you've had a little bit of a journey slowing that down and really like being a little bit more in the moment. So I'm curious to know how you've done that. And if you can share some ways to tell ourselves, congratulations, because I don't think we do it enough. So my first comment to what you said is I've never had a failure. I've had a heck of a lot of learning experiences. Um, the only time you truly fail is if you stop. As long as you keep moving and adapting, you're learning not failing. I have learned a heck of a lot. Um, success is really, it's hard. It's like we had, a, my company had our annual show this last weekend, which is our 13th annual show. I will say I enjoyed this one the most hmm. um, because I did stop. And when someone came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I didn't just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. On to the next thing. Yeah. I'm making myself listen when people thank me. Um, it sounds so dumb, but honestly, I rarely hear it. Um, so it's listening to them, looking them in the eye, repeating what they said. Mm. At the end of the night, when I was laying in bed, I was trying to remember the conversations that I had that were positive to like reinforce them. Mm -hmm. I'd be totally lying if I told you I was in the moment and not already thinking about what I was going to change for next year. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's reality too. Yeah. True story. Yeah. Well, but today is my day off of the week. So, you know, I worked for two hours this morning and I'm now doing a podcast with you because hi, business ownership. Yeah. Um, but this afternoon, I'm actually going to like go for a walk and just think about how grateful I am for what we've created. And yeah. I do think as a leader, the more that I share with my staff, our successes, the more I also feel them. Yeah. So like I try really hard to like tell my staff, good job and congratulate my staff on 
contributions because that also makes me feel the success. Yeah. Yeah. That's super great. If you had like one or a couple things to share with women that are either entering into entrepreneurship or just kind of that are like hitting those roadblocks because we know that we all hit them. Oh gosh, what would yes. like a couple things that you would share with them as they move through this journey that is hard, lonely, lonely, um, feeling like you're just on an island all by yourself sometimes, you know? Um, most important is move, adapt, or die. You've got to keep going or you're going to die. Yeah. And even on the days that you're like, this isn't working, pivoting in any way, shape, or form, or prototyping or exploring anything is movement. Mm. And it's okay to be like, I was sure it was going to go this way, but now I'm actually here. Yeah. And to realize that those aren't failures, those are learning. The failure is if you keep pushing here and this isn't going anywhere. Yes. Right. And so you have to recognize that whatever your vision is, the end product is not going to look like that vision. Yeah. It is going to be so many different variations of it because you can't know everything when you start. You have to keep going. Yeah. So even on the rough days, keep going, mm. make some type of change or adaptation. I think it's really important. Um, you just said the loneliness. We talk about this all the time. Um, it's really lonely being a business owner. Yeah, it is. And it's something that I don't think people realize. And I think if my staff heard me say that, they'd be like, what? Um, but at the end of the day, you're the one that has to make the decisions. Yeah. You're the one that has to make the hard call of what direction you're going to pivot to knowing it might be wrong. Yeah. Right. In the short term or knowing that you're going to have to pivot again because it wasn't the right turn. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't prepared for that when I started business. Yeah. And in the early years, I tried to be like really good friends with everyone. And I've realized that now sometimes the decisions I make mean I can't be as close and that sucks. Yeah, it does. So you have to find other networks. Yeah. So like I have a handful of good friends like you, Amy, who are pole studio owners, who I can call and be like, oh, dear God. Um, I also am very lucky because I have a, a, a close friend in the area here who also owns a small business. So we get to have the conversations that like you can't have in polite company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you also have to know that like, no one is going to understand, but you, Yeah. like my mom, my partner, like they try so hard. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, my business is my child and it's not theirs. Yeah. You're always going to care more. You're always going else. to have this isolation. Yeah. But you have to figure out how to fill around it as best you can. Yeah. Days it really sucks. And there are days it really sucks. Mm -hmm. You need a game plan for yeah. like, how do you get yourself out of that funk? Right. Because right. you can't lead from a funk. Right. You yeah. don't have vision from a funk. Yeah. You might have to have it from strength and you have to find that courage. And I love, um, 
I love everything that you said, because it reminds me of this, you know, often we start a business over here and we think it's going to be like this straight line. And then there's like this dot that's like success, which what even is success, right? But it really, that's not how it works. You start a business and then you go like this up, down, up, down, up, down, and then you go backwards. And then you might go up, down, up, down, up, down. And then you might go way back over there. And that, you know, and it's just that continuation of like, it's just, it's so hilly. Like, you know, once you, once you get over one mountain, you're looking at the net. I mean, it's just so not what people envision. I think a lot, they're like, okay, I start. And then I just drive the car and I succeed in business. And you just have to be ready for all the ups, all the downs, all the pivots, all the change going from a lot to zero going through a pandemic. None of us were prepared for that, but I think it just you know, everything that you said is like sharing that story of that is true. That is truly how it goes. It really, really is. And it also is you have to listen to the people around you and adapt. Yeah. When, I started, when yeah. I started Aerial Dance, we were a pole only studio. And I was like, cool, we're good. And then all of a sudden in 2014, I started an aerial program. I'm like, what? And I was someone that was adamant. We wouldn't do heels at my studio. Well, guess what? We have a thriving heels program now. Yeah. Like you have to be ready to be like, whatever my preconceived ideas were are going to shift, even though it's my business. Mm-hmm. And that I think is hard because I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this grand idea and they think that that's going to be it. And what, if you keep it there, you are stunting your business. If you instead let your business grow past your comfort level, you actually have created something. Absolutely. I love that. I just love the story that, I mean, you know, I love your story and you know, I love you, but I'm so excited that we got to share it with everybody else because I just really feel like as women today, not only do we need community now more than ever, but you know, there's so many women now entering into entrepreneurship, entering into leadership. And I just think you have so much uh, wisdom to be able to share with them and experience, you know, really, really experience equals wisdom in my opinion. So I just think it's been so great to hear your story and to have you share with everybody. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being vulnerable, willing, and can't wait to have you again. So there you have it, everybody. So here is your way of how to create those solutions. Keep going. Yes. Keep going. Don't stop. Going. Don't stop. What was it? What's the, ta- we got to have a tagline for this. What was your tagline that you read in the book? <laughs> Move, adapt, or die. That's going to be, that's our, that's our new tagline. Move, adapt, or die. Welcome, welcome to, welcome to follow us. No dying guys. No dying. Move yeah. or adapt. I love that. All right. Thanks, Paula. All right, you guys, thanks for joining Bye. us today for creating some solutions and we'll see you next time in life redesign where we grow through what we go through. Talk to you soon. Until next time, be reminded that your past does not have to define your future and that you always have a choice to live a life redesigned. See you soon.